Well, hello, and welcome back to the Master Books Podcast. I'm Jennifer White, and it's great to be here with you today. I have a special guest, Jenny Hubanks, the author of Thrive, Special Needs Strategies That Work. She is going to tell us all about her new resource and how we can use it in our families, how it's going to help with your homeschool, and how it can be used in different settings. So we are looking forward to um, getting to know her and learning what she is, has put in this resource. We're going to give away a copy in the Moms of Masterbooks Facebook group, a digital copy, and also in the Masterbooks app. So watch for that post, comment, and let us know what you learned, and you may win. One person will win a copy in both places. So let's get started. Here at Masterbooks, we are dedicated to help you disciple your children and develop a strong faith as a family. With Pro Bible Homeschool curriculum and beautiful books that honor God as Creator. We offer online courses to help your family worship and serve God. You will also find morning baskets and devotionals for the whole family. Our mission is ink on paper to touch eternity, and we have been publishing Christian books for this purpose since 1975. Find your Pro Bible Homeschool curriculum at masterbooks.com. Well, hi, Jenny. Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for joining us today. We're excited to tell everybody about your new resource, Thrive Special Needs Strategies That Work. So tell us about your background and why you wrote something so wonderful for Master Books. I started as a special education teacher it seems like a really long time ago, and it actually has been quite a few years. Uh, I think 18 years total, I've been in the field of special education. The first 11 I spent in self-contained classrooms. And if uh, someone's not familiar with that terminology, that is typically a classroom where students with more significant needs are placed during the school day. And sometimes they... Uh, you know, venture out into the other classrooms, but most of their learning was with me directly. And so um, 11 years in that mm-hmm. setting. And then I became a behavior analyst. And so I look at human behavior. Uh, you can also do it with animals and other things. Okay. Um, even some people do it on plants. It's really interesting. Oh. And look at how we can shape that behavior into something more desired um, or something that is socially appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, So spent a lot of time specifically working with children with autism uh, in that setting. Uh, There were a couple of reasons why I decided to write this book. One was a very good friend suggested it, said that would be a really great idea. Yeah. And I thought about it for a couple of years mm-hmm. after she said that before mm-hmm. I decided that I would do it. But the second thing, which was a couple of years after she had initially mentioned it, was that my mom was homeschooling some foster children. So, For me, I've always viewed my parents as two people that can do so many things. They 
are wise, they have a lot of skills, and they bring a lot to the table. And my mom called me one day because I am a teacher and said, I'm not sure what to do here. What do you, what should I do? And I rattled off a couple of things that she could try. Mm -hmm. And then she went, she tried it and she came back and was like, you know, that really worked. And I thought with my mom that brings so much to the table, didn't know what mm -hmm. to do in that situation. I bet there are a lot of other people that, that do not know what to do in that situation. And that's really when I was like, okay, if this is going to be a good support for others, then absolutely this is something that I want to do. Sure. Great. Well, I love that your mother was homeschooling foster children. That's amazing. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they've all moved into a public setting now, but oh, she goodness. did homeschool for several years. I love that. Well, so tell me about the book. I um, was doing some research on it, reading through it, saw that it's um, compared to like a compass for families and for teachers. So I'd love to know how you're using it to guide parents and teachers with the strategies that you've put in there. Absolutely. Uh, when I think of a compass, I think of a tool that is going to help guide me down a path in the desired direction, um, mm -hmm. whether that's Northeast, South or West. And so this book has many different types of supports that can work for all different levels of learners. Um, I have a child that has been diagnosed with autism. And then I also have a son who has not been diagnosed with any exceptionalities. And I use these strategies with both of them equally. Mm -hmm. And what I have found as a mom and as a teacher is good teaching is good teaching, no matter who you are using it with. And a lot of these strategies are just good teaching strategies. So I use them in the school setting. I use mm -hmm. them um, and I, I said I taught self-contained, but I also taught kids that went out into the general education classroom and only came to my room for a little portion of the day. So I also supported them in their general education classrooms with a lot of strategies in the book. My goal was to provide strategies, but also flexibility for the families so that they could meet those individual needs of their children and have access to a variety. Like you have some flexibility to adapt it to fit your needs. Okay. So. so it would work for school teachers as well as homeschool teachers, as well as Sunday school teachers. Absolutely. Parents who aren't teaching, grandparents. Yes, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned Sunday school. I um, actually... When my five-year-old, when we started going to Sunday school, it was a really big challenge for him. Mm -hmm. And I use several of the strategies in this book with him and paired with the Sunday school teacher. And we found something that worked for him. It wasn't immediate. And I say that in the book, if you try something and it doesn't work immediately, that's okay. It doesn't mean it's not going to work. Oh. Give it some time. Mm -hmm. 
children need to get used to things just like adults do sometimes. And uh, the strategies were, were successful in that setting as well. So there's really not a place where you can't use the strategies. It's where does that child need that support? Okay. So I want those people who are watching this on YouTube, I want you to see how beautifully um, it's just full of full color pictures and um, charts. So I want you to tell us a little bit about how it's laid out, what is to be expected, and then, then I would love for you to tell us about some of the strategies that you use. Absolutely. So I, I want to uh, shout out the editing and production team. Um, mm -hmm. So many people worked on this book to make it as beautiful as you say it is. And I agree. I think it is absolutely beautiful. The setup is with the content in the front of the book. Mm -hmm. And then everything in the back are ready to go supports. All you need to do is cut them out. Okay. Uh, we talk about different ways you can um, make them sturdier in the book. So okay. if you like lamination is something mm -hmm. I typically recommend, okay. uh, but it's really made to get started. You can read it and cut things out and try things. I was so delighted when I saw the final version of the book because it is absolutely gorgeous and it's user-friendly and it's ready to go. Great. And so this is specifically for the teacher, for the parent, not for the child. Correct. The things in the back are things that you will use with the child. Is that right? Perfect. Yes, that okay. is correct. All right. Very good. So tell us about special needs strategies from a biblical worldview. How did you work a biblical worldview into Thrive? So my favorite it's hard to say what part's my favorite, but if you open to the introduction, there is an absolutely beautiful image and there's a Bible, there's a couple of Bible verses. Yes, it's just a gorgeous image. Sunflowers, a child, and the verse on there is uh, Psalm 139, 13 and 14. Mm -hmm. uh, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Those are, that's a couple of my, you know, top yeah. and favorites. And I really approached the book kind of from those verses nice. because I believe that God made each of us in his image. And I believe we all have unique skills and abilities. I can't think of one child that I've worked with in the past 18 years that didn't have a skill or an ability, or bring something to the table. And I think that we all have a place and a purpose in God's kingdom. So that's really kind of my lens for the, the book. Great. And so I can see, I did a Bible study this morning on Jesus as the teacher, the rabbi, and us as the disciples, and, and how he washed the disciples' feet. So I can see how you are helping you're pointing out how special everyone, uniquely, wonderfully, everyone is made. And then you are helping the parent, the teacher, really be a servant leader to that child to help them fill in the gaps so that they can be as, you know, fulfill everything that they're here to do. 
yes. uh, within their capabilities. And um, I love the story of Gideon and how he felt like he was so small and from the, t- you know, worst of the tribes and poor and, and God chose him to do wonderful things. He, he used him as such an example of someone who thinks they don't have it all and being able to do mighty things. And the same with the mustard seed, how we just have that one little seed, a mustard seed of faith that we planted in the ground. It has to be in the ground. And so these families are, are putting their mustard seed of faith forward and then watching it bloom. It will transform. It will become something so much greater than that one little seed. And so I see your book as being filled with seeds that they'll be able to use over and over again when they find what works for them, when they keep trying until it works, like you said. But I love that it came from a biblical, it comes from a biblical worldview. So um, I know we talked about this just a little bit already, but tell us how this book will be, can be helpful to people who do have students who have special needs and people who have students like yourself who don't have those exceptionalities that you mentioned. How will, tell us, give us some strategies that work for both. Okay. So um, I was looking through last night to decide which strategies I would speak Mm -hmm. about. And I will tell you, it was really difficult um, trying to decide which ones are the most important because they have a role to play. But um, I think a first them board is a good example of something that works for everyone. And so with a first them board, it is just a visual that says, first, you have to do this and then you get this. And so it works very well with my five-year-old. Mm-hmm. It also works really well with my three-year-old. Uh, and like I said, he has not been labeled with any um, type of disability. Another thing that I like to tell teachers um, every once in a while as a consultant, there will be a little bit of pushback on changing things because changing's hard mm-hmm. and people were taught a certain way in school and then, you know, things continue to change and it's, well, that's not what I was taught. And sometimes it's hard. Yeah. So specifically with using visual supports and most of the strategies fall under a type of visual support. I like to talk about road signs. If you are traveling, all of the road signs have arrows. They have like, you'll see streets with arrows go straight. Mm-hmm. This you can go straight or turn right. This one, mm-hmm. you can go straight or turn left. If you really stop and think about all of the visual supports that we have as adults in our environment, Mm -hmm. we rely on them a lot and we don't consider them to be something extra and above and beyond what other people are getting. It's just naturally in our environment. Putting these extra visuals in for children, Mm -hmm. it's really just giving them another source to support them in following whatever direction it is or completing whatever task it is that, you know, you're wanting mm-hmm. them to do. So I, I think of it as something that should always be there, but I mean, obviously I'm a little um, biased about visual supports. So 
Well, you're an expert. And so you wrote the book. Everyone's coming to you when they get this book. They'll be coming to you as the expert to get those ideas, those strategies. And I'm just so excited about the fact that you are helping families move forward with more um, hope that with successful tools that will give them hope. And one of the things I was reading about in your book is that you are helping students become as independent as possible with these strategies. So tell us a little bit about that. I worked with a, uh, another lady. She wasn't a teacher, but I worked with her in a school setting. And she said something that really resonated with me. Even as a teacher at the time, I didn't have children, but really now that I have children, I think of it pretty often. And it was every parent's job is to teach their child to be as independent as they can as they're growing, because you're going to have to let them go. Mm -hmm. And then you're not there. They need to know how to do all of these things. That's our job is to teach kids to be independent. And sometimes with children with special needs, uh, adults will get into this kind of trap with answer, even something simple as answering questions for them when they're asked a question, just because you get in the the habit of doing that. And it's not, I'm not saying that it's bad, but they need to practice to be able to begin to perform all skills independently. And Mm -hmm. so the visual supports, like I talked earlier, we have those as adults. And so teaching a child to do something with a visual support is giving them some independence because you don't have to be standing there pointing or talking to help them complete something. Uh, Another thing that I say a lot as a consultant is uh, we need to reduce the amount of language we're using. So as a mom and as a teacher, uh, we're used to children listening to us when we talk and um, giving directions. And sometimes we talk too much. (laughs) it takes time for some children to process the initial set of directions that you give them. And if we're in a hurry as an adult and we say, pick up your toys, please, as an example, Mm -hmm. and they don't immediately stand up to do it. And we say, I said, pick up your toys, pick up your toys. Sometimes I've heard in a classroom, um, or when I worked in the clinic setting, in the clinic setting, someone sang the same phrase or a variation five or six times in a five minute period. And the child never had time to process that first direction mm-hmm. before the others were added. And so think of all that language jumbling up inside of the child's head and mm-hmm. they're trying to process and complete something, but somebody's just there, like, you know, putting right. in language, wait a minute, I'm trying to think about this and do it. Um, so I say that a lot, reduce the amount of talking mm-hmm. as you can. And visuals are a great support for that. So this is another plug for visuals. So for the parent or the teacher, I can see where if you're reducing the amount of language, you've also got at the same time to increase your patience. Oh, yes, that is an excellent point. Um, I 
would never say that I am an expert in patience uh, because that's a terrible idea. You should never say things like that. Right. But I have learned to be more patient over the years as a teacher and now as a mom. Uh, it does take a lot of patience. So thank you for pointing that out. It is excellent. <laughs> well, it just stands to reason that, I mean, as the teacher, as the parent, you would need to grow in order to help them grow that you're, And that's what I feel like this book is doing. This is giving the parent teacher the things that they need to not just the tools, strategies. Yes, you have the tools in here, but also the mental strategies of, okay, I talk less, I wait longer. And something that I would like to add to that mm -hmm. is when I'm teaching someone a new strategy to use in a school or wherever, I always tell the adult, you're not going to get this right every time the first time you start to do it. Okay. Even myself, when I learn new strategies and skill, because I'm always researching, you know, new and better ways to do things. Mm -hmm. If I make a mistake in the middle of trying to implement something, I stop myself and I just restart because you're learning a new habit and you're going mm -hmm. to have to break your old habits to, okay. you know, put that new behavior in. And so I always remind people, don't be upset with yourself if you don't do it right every time. It's going to take some practice mm -hmm. to get it to become automatic. Yeah, that makes total sense. What encouragement would you give um, families who have been struggling and are desperately hoping for something that works? Collect data on what you're trying, because sometimes we get so caught in the moment that we think back and things seem like they were more um, difficult or easier than they actually were. Mm -hmm. uh, and that will help you clearly see, even if they make just one little data point better that day, mm -hmm. that's still progress and it's still movement in the right direction. And sometimes that little one data point of progress is really enough to like push the hope and help keep the hope up so that you keep trying it and you don't just say, oh, I've done this for five days and it's not working and I'm giving up. So keep the hope. Yeah. Keep trying the strategies. Not all of the strategies will work for every child. Mm -hmm. that's, that's reality. Mm -hmm. uh, but give them a good try before you, you know, scrap it. I, I know that it's a difficult uh, a road when you have a student or a child with disabilities. Uh, like I said, I have a, a son that has autism and there are some things that are just more difficult um, for him. Mm -hmm. uh, also means that it's kind of more difficult for, for my husband and I. Mm -hmm. And um, you, find, you have to find your strength in the Lord and, you know, ask for guidance. That's what I do, you know. Yeah. What do, what do, what do I do? Like, you know, please mm -hmm. help me. Yeah. And he's there. James 1, 5. We talk about it all the time at Master Books. You ask for wisdom. He will give it to you liberally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes it may be like a new thought in your head and you're like, oh my gosh, that would work. But sometimes it's sending someone else to just say something in passing or, you know, that right. 
they don't even know is, is something that you needed to hear. So the body of Christ is an amazing organism and how the Lord moves us into the right people's lives to say the thing, to give the smile, to have the scripture, to have been through something they're walking through or to know the resource to connect them to just amazes me the way he works. And I, I'm glad we went this direction because that was something else I wanted to say um, okay. for this question was uh, find a community. And in your community, obviously, um, one of those is the body of Christ. Um, but it could be, you know, within your church. There are um, loads of resources and groups on social media that you can plug into. Uh, I know that uh, Masterbooks has some homeschooling groups and other groups that you can be part of, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't have to do this alone. There right. are a lot of resources and people out there um, to support you, even if it's just someone to listen. Absolutely. Well, I think that's really great advice. And we do in the Masterbooks app. We have a special needs group. And there's so many people who have gone before you, you know, who have walked this journey at some point and have some tips or at least have some um, compassion for what you're dealing with and are there to say, I made it. We made it. The Lord meets us where we are. And I'm so grateful. I'm grateful he has met the families of Masterbooks through you, Jenny, and through your fantastic book. Thrive Special Needs Strategies That Work. Um, You can look at it at masterbooks.com. You can download a free preview to see more of what the book offers. And um, we hope that you will recommend it to other people in your community that need some strategies that work. That's definitely what Jenny and her um, skills, her education, her experience she brings to the table along with Masterbooks. Um, great editing and design team. I'm just really excited about this resource. So thank you, Jenny, for doing that for us. I am very excited about it. Like I said, I I think the book is beautiful and um, the beauty of it had nothing to do with my capabilities. And um, I I really hope it helps some families. I'm confident it will. So I want to end our um, podcast with just a quick little prayer for all of you families who are educating your children and looking for strategies. So we'll end with that. So Lord, thank you for Jenny. Thank you for this resource that you have brought to the light. We thank you for light and how you um, highlight things that will work for us. I thank you that families all over the world will be able to use this to Um, find that strategy that works for their child to learn and to become more independent. And Lord, I ask for special blessings, endless tidal waves of hope, endless tidal waves of uh, wisdom and community and people who um, are ready to help, ready to encourage. Lord, I know um, that encouragement is something I often need to pray for, and you are so faithful to give it. So I pray that for these families and we ask your blessing on them in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks everyone for joining the podcast today. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with the next show and we can't wait to see you then. Talk to you later. Bye. 
Hey, thanks for joining us today for the Master Books Podcast. It was really fun to do this with you today. We hope that you'll take a moment and rank and review the podcast wherever you are listening or watching so that others can find it more easily. We loved having you here and we look forward to being with you on the next podcast. It comes out every other week, Mondays at 5 a.m. See you then.